What happened? What's happening? Hello. I just wanted to start my show in a different way than saying, it's time for another episode, but it's time for another episode of Drew Drogi's Minor Revelations. That's how creative I am right now, you guys. I just said, what happened? What a great way to start a show. What happened? Um, starting with just like uh, chaos and, uh, you know, accidents. Um... Hello. It's July. Can we believe it? It's July. That's nuts. Um, I'm almost uh, on my one year anniversary of the show, even though we've only had like 35 episodes or something because we're, you know, I'm I am horrible about about keeping this up every week. But um, it's it's been a great year. Um, I always love July uh, because in L.A. it, it means Outfest, which is what I'm going to talk about uh, a little bit because I, I promise you I'm not paid uh, or endorsed by this organization other than they've been so good to me. Um, it's uh, it's L.A.'s LGBT Film Festival, and it, it the opening night is tonight. I think this episode goes up tomorrow. The We'll figure this out. But go to outfest.org uh, if you are in L.A. Uh, in the next 11 days uh, it, it is an incredible it's an incredible festival every year there's there's uh there's there's just this wide swath of things to choose from it's 35 years old this year so happy 35th outfest um and uh so yeah they they just um since I was I want to say like 2010 they've been just a huge part of my life um and uh, I've I've been lucky to have been in a bunch of of shorts and films and and um, I've been able to host the awards uh, a couple years and um, they've given, I even won an award, uh, you know, several years ago. And so like, it's just been, it's, it's been an incredible um, organization. They, uh, not only do they show new films that are LGBT or queer or adjacent, um, I love that they've really broadened their, you know, sort of definition of what a film that would play at Outfest would be. It might be a queer filmmaker or it might be like a queer story it's 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 very broad in a, in a really kind of awesome inclusive sense I think um and uh they but on top of that they they host screenings of classics that you may have missed um that are really important to sit in a room full of gay and gay friendly people uh, and watch together uh, there's there's a real power in sitting in the dark and watching a, a movie and a, something that also that maybe shaped or defined a generation a couple of years ago I uh, was embarrassed to admit that I had never seen parting glances which is a gay classic it's from 1986 and starring Steve Steve Buscemi and Kathy Kenny and um, just a, a wide array of uh, incredible, beautiful people. It's a comedy about AIDS, and it came out in 1986. Um, how daring to make a comedy at that time, but also how therapeutic. It's a beautiful film, and I had never seen it until just a few years ago at Outfest. They did they did a, a screening of it, and there was just something about sitting with all different generations, uh, people older than me and people younger than me, uh, many who had seen the movie several times, many people who, you know, were defined by it uh, in, in a lot of ways that just, you know, it was, it was so helpful for them uh, at that time, uh, and all the way up to people that, like me who had never seen the film before. Um, we just sat in and and laughed and and cried. There's like such a an incredibly heart ripping moment in in the movie that's just so beautiful and so simple. Uh, just it's about friends. It's a it's a party about friends, and uh, you know many of them have AIDS. Many of them are afraid of AIDS. Many of, they're they're tackling it. They're dealing with it. So and and it's and I promise it's funny. Um and it's and uh, so that was something that I never probably would have seen because it's not something you're gonna run over to Netflix and be like, hey, I I'm I need to just sit myself down and watch Parting Glances today, even though you should, even though I fully endorse doing that. Um, so there are always those opportunities, too, where you just sit down on like a Sunday afternoon at Outfest and and see like a piece of your history and learn so much about the community. I learn so much uh, uh, about these lives and stories that I, I never knew were out there. And, uh, and it's really um, powerful and really important now of all times to to um, tell that story and and to and to share that with people and not just uh, for people to watch at home uh, you know but to but to actually go out and you know and be together and watch it together in a in a theater and then drink lots of vodka together and and process and uh, y- you know and and to see that you know we have these incredible stories that need to be shared. Um, That's all. Go to Outfest. All right, let's have a show.
Oh my God, I completely forgot to promote my event at Outfest. I was so busy talking about the rich, cultural, historical tapestry. I forgot to... Okay. If you are in L.A., um, I am hosting the fourth annual alongside the incredibly wonderful, hilarious, you love him, of course, Dave Holmes. He and I are hosting Bad Movie Night uh, as a part of Outfest uh, on Thursday, July 13th. It's at 9.45, and it's at the Red Cat, uh, which is uh, downtown. It's on 2nd Street. So um, what we do is, this is the fourth year in a row that we've done it. We, um, After a week of watching really important, textured, layered, like I said, important films like Parting Glances or whatever, uh, we find the worst possible gay movie that we can find. And I mean, Dave Holmes can dig deep, you guys. He finds these things that... I mean, you you think you know deep cuts. You have no idea. If you know anything about Dave Holmes, you know, like, just, just sit back and let him take over. He knows what's up. So we find really, really terrible movies. And then we have an awesome lineup of, of panelists. This year we have Calpurnia Adams, who's done this show before. We know and love her. Alexandra Billings, who I adore, who I would love to have on this show at some point. So the, the two of them will be, um, will be sort of joining uh, Dave and myself to watch uh, and comment on the worst gay movie ever. That is Thursday, July 13th. At 9.45 at the Red Cat downtown. You can get tickets on outfits.org. Um, come join us. Oh, and there's there's drinks before and after and always. Well, hello, you two. How are you? Great. Good. Oh, wonderful. Great. Hello. Hello. <laughs> I'm sitting here with the lovely Mary Holland. Hi. And, and the wonderful Keaton Savage. Hello. How, oh, my God. You both have, we were doing a little sound check earlier, and we were testing out our voices. And I was just thinking, you both have really lovely voices. Oh, that's so It's nice. true. That is sweet. I mean, we've, I mean, not like we've had <laughs> real garbage throats on here before, but it was just really nice. You both have very comforting uh, timbres. To your, to your voice. You. Yes. Mary, where are you from originally? I'm from Galax, Virginia. Okay, I knew you were, I knew you yeah. were Southern. Okay, good. So Galax, mm-hmm. which, I mean, my mm-hmm. God, best name ever. I mean, oh, that's yeah. not to be rivaled with like Gastonia, North Carolina, which oh, is also gosh. one of my favorites. Which is, I think, close to Galax, if I'm not, because mm. Gaston, is Gastonia near Winston-Salem? No, um, Gastonia is near Charlotte. But, oh, okay, yeah. not far, so yeah. I'm like, mm, not very, but, but not far, <laughs> I mean, you know, closer than we are here. Drew, I don't want to fight, okay? <laughs> I'm trying. So let's say goodbye to Mary Holland. Okay, that was, uh, that was cool. you know, that was great. This was a lot of fun. Uh, it's a really, really fun. <laughs> <laughs> so Galax is near Winston-Salem, is that right? Yeah, it's okay. about, it's maybe like an hour away. Okay, so near Greensboro. Near Greensboro, okay. Charlotte. Charlotte, we, uh, well, we used to, if we had to travel, the closest airports were Greensboro or Charlotte. Or Charlotte. Sometimes Charlotte, was, Charlotte is more s- southern than yeah. Greensboro. Yeah. So, um, and I lived in Martinsville, Virginia. Do you know where that is? Ooh, It's yeah. in Henry County. I don't remember. I think it is closer to Greensboro, though. Is it's, Danville close? Danville is close. Yep. Okay, okay, great. So yep. that's kind of where Galax is? Mm-hmm. Around there, I mean, yeah. I vaguely remember Roanoke. Okay. You know, sure. Frickin' Blacksburg is uh-huh. up around there. And then there's, uh, well, there's uh, King's Dominion. Is that in Roanoke? Uh, that, King's Dominion, I think, is closer to Richmond. Richmond. That's it. It's in Richmond. But that's Carowinds right. was Carowinds. We're in Charlotte. Haunt. So we're jumping ours. all around that Virginia. We really are. I'm learning North a lot Carolina over border. here. <laughs> <laughs> or Bush Park. Gardens. Bush yes. Gardens, oh, I think, yeah. is also sure. near Richmond. Sure. Sure. I remember sure. all of it. Um, and so, uh, yeah, but I, uh, you don't meet that many people from Virginia. No, have, I know. Do you? I mean, because you're from there, you might be picking up on it more. But I have met a few. I mean, I it's uh, yeah, I've met a few. But every time, it's like, oh, yeah, <laughs> yeah, like, I know. I'm so delighted. I know. To meet me too. From me too. There because I do feel like there is a big North Carolina. Uh, contingent of people here. There like, are, there are. That's why. Lot. That's why I say that because I do feel like I do meet a lot of people from from uh, yeah. North Carolina. Here. I don't from Virginia. Though. Yeah, 
Not and there's much. a big weird. There's a weird uh, Keaton. I'll just or there used to be a weird rivalry between Virginia and North Carolina. Like my mm. mom was from South Carolina, mm. and when we lived in Virginia, like that was more that was more considered more classy to be from South Carolina than from North Carolina. Right. I don't know if they equate that to like it's the North, it's Yankees. I don't really understand I don't that really rivalry. Understand it and either. I wonder if it's even happening so much anymore. If they're the old South. Garden and gun community is just really holding <laughs> holding on tight. Yeah, there's so many layers in the South. It's so strange. Really it's are. not really. I mean, I think that the perception is, you know, a lot of it is correct, and then mm-hmm. a lot of it is. I mean, I do. I love the South, and I love going back and visiting whenever I can. And I, yeah, I there, do too. Yeah, it has a real. It has a real. Um, it has a sort of haunted quality to it, yes. where there there are these layers of and. Uh, so many horrible things happen yes. there and then it's so it's so it's such a nostalgic part of the world uh-huh. like it's so backwards facing yep um in so many ways and you know that's i think that leads to a lot of like um layers of of you know sentimentality and, uh-huh. and sort of tradition and and oh, yeah. there's manners a such manners, a big part of it yeah, yes, yes. etiquette uh-huh. um yeah it's really it's really a unique very unique place it's, uh, it is bizarre it's yeah. it's trapped in time it is in in all the best and and all the absolute worst ways but <laughs> right. so it's just like sort of interesting yeah. Um, Keaton Savage, where you're from? Here, aren't I'm you? literally from Burbank, California. Oh, right. You were born in the studio, I'm right here. Yes, correct. <laughs> That's right, this moment. They uh, they used to say Burbank born, Burbank bred, Burbank dead. It was a thing that uh, people would say. Um, and I now live in Los Feliz, so Ooh, so they were really wrong. Far. They were very wrong. So they were wrong. You moved away to uh, you moved away to far Los Feliz, mm-hmm, which is really a good twenty minutes down wrong. the street. <laughs> Just down the five, uh, and we're home. Yeah, Burbank has become a character in your podcast. It, it really is a huge character in the show, and I and I do and I and I do love it. I just I didn't really spend that much time here until I started doing. Well, why would you? Unless I mean, you were a kid moving to be an actor, or you were you know working at the the Warner Brothers Studios mm-hmm. or whatever in multiple studios that are here. But that's you true. Know. That's true. Um. Anyway, yeah. And you were <laughs> you've worked as a you've worked as a, a as a child actor. Yeah. Since you were it's a child. It's kind of weird. My grandma moved here with her three kids when she was like 23 like recently divorced. Oh, wow. she took all of her kids from Michigan and moved out here and kind of put them all into the business and became wow. like a manager for them and then started a children's agency off of my dad and aunt and uncle and they're now all in therapy dealing with that now which is cool. oh my god um, that's amazing but yeah it was the savage agency yes and so of course. I, keaton savage with the savage agency yes. so like, I and you are, now and I, I know i've asked wow. you before fred savage is that you related to fred or no okay no so that's that's a different family yeah they came up at like the same time okay so because they're a family too so. right like it's a it's like right yeah ben and, and fred ben and, that's right okay yeah yeah, yeah that's right ben, but that's did not, i say bed and friend no, Bad you said and Ben and Fred. Okay, well then I said Ben and Fred <laughs> after that. So. But that, he was Boy Meets World, yeah. Uh-huh. Okay, and, then, yeah. and that's the, Fred's the, the director. Now. And Fred is director now. Yes, yeah. yes, yes. And of course, you know, a lovely Wonder Years. And he's in a new show called Friends from College or something. Mm-hmm. Oh, I, I don't know. Really he was in the, the other savages. In the oh, sure. That's right. I I think he's wonderful. I love him in uh, The Rules of Attraction. He plays like a heroin addict, <laughs> yeah. like student in bed. Like it's such a weird role, and I love that he's he's great in it. <laughs> uh, anyway, uh, why are we talking about the other savages when we have uh, this? I don't know. Savage here. Always upstaging me. Rivaling savages. <laughs> so were you in? Were you involved in the? So the is the agency still? It's still around. Wow. Yeah. And so you were. So your grandmother had three kids, and then one of her kids was your parent. My dad, yeah. Your dad, okay. It was bizarre. Yeah, it's bizarre. They all worked until they were like eighteen, and they kind of supported the family. I mean, it was right. Like, she would flip houses and stuff too to stay afloat. That was sort of how she built the business. That's amazing. But um, yeah, like in the nineties, they were like the number one sap like kids agency. They're still like doing great, but at right. that time they were it was mm-hmm. crazy. Was it something when you were a kid? You were like, I want to do this. Or were they like, yeah. you should do this? It was a little of both. And yeah. my mom was really protective. She was like, oh, he has a play date, so he's not going to that callback. Mm. So that created oh, wow. a lot that's, of tension. That's great, though. I yeah. love that. Which are, you, are you happy for that in retrospect that your Completely. mom was that way? Yeah. I think it's why I still love it and why I'm doing it now. Yeah. Because I got to do it and it was fun, but it wasn't Absolutely. my whole life. So. Yeah. No, but it's still, it's in you, like you, I mean, I know you and you have a real passion and love and talent for the, like, in this, it's not like you're going, I forced against my, <laughs> you know, it's like you hear these stories about these people that like you know 
it's like Elizabeth Taylor hated being on a set. I mean, these people that were like these let, you know, because they're forced into it from when she was a child. Yeah. And it was like miserable experiences. There's an amazing story that's published somewhere where she and I want to say Roddy McDowell were in Lassie when they were children and they were doing a snow scene. And instead of they just couldn't reenact snow then. And so they <laughs> they numbed their faces. They They injected their faces with some sort of numbing thing. And then they threw white cornflakes in their faces just repeatedly all day long as children. I mean, that's what children, child actors used to do. Oh, and so, God. like, they have horror stories about being a child actor, you oh, know, my God. which, thank God, there are laws that prevent those sort of things now. <laughs> right. Um, you know, but there are a lot of people you know, on the lower level, uh, on, on different levels who who are sort of forced into the business by, like, a stage mom or stage dad, and, and that that is a whole different thing. I mean, I was the kid that wanted the stage mom right, and the stage too. dad because I wanted it so badly that <laughs> I wanted too. to be in the business, and I was, like, so mad that my mom wasn't as driven as I was. I, mean, <laughs> I saw Gypsy, and I was like, she gets it! You know, like, I didn't understand the horrible downside of, like, having a parent like that. And I did recently um, do something where I had to hang out with, the, with someone's parent who wouldn't stop going on and on about how amazing all of their children were and how talented all their children mm-hmm. were and i was and i was happy on that one level that they're that that these people are supported but i was so i did not know how to be because my mom as supportive as she is and loving and has always been so encouraging is the first one it's a very southern thing i think too to just you know just, just to be like we're not going to get above our raisin right we're not right, act right, like right, we're the right. best right. No, so for my mom sure. will find a way to just be like well he doesn't you, you, know, you should have seen him at home like she'll find a way to offset that out of, out of you know and not out of a way to insult me and knock me down but out of just a way of like we don't talk about ourselves it's out of modesty yeah. right? you know and it's and it's very hard <laughs> To, you know, to have, I've had to combat that as a Southerner and like moving out to LA and having to be like, oh, right, I have to own that I'm good at what I do and I don't want to <laughs> act too proud. And because I'm always, I'm still riddled with like Presbyterian, North Carolina, the guilt, you know, the guilt of like, I don't want to, I don't want my light to shine too bright. <laughs> yeah. That would, be, that would be just tacky. It is that thing, even when someone gives you a compliment, Mm-hmm. Um, I, I've tried to get better about this, but my, my instinct is always, oh, find a way to dismiss it. Yes, like, find yes. a way, like, like if someone's like, you look gorgeous today and every day, <laughs> which I hear all the time. Um, I, I'm like, oh, thanks. I Yeah, I've just been having this issue with my hair. Like, I yeah, find a way find to, a way. Like, I know, I'll do to, it too. I don't and know. It's, it's very hard for it. me to, like, plant my eyes and just say, thank you. Thank I you. accept yeah. the compliment <laughs> yeah. because, you know, and I, and, but I see people that have this, just this insane amount of confidence and I've wanted that. I've been like, oh my God, I would die to have that or I would die to have that, that, that mom or dad that pushed me out from an early age, like get out there and sparkle. Yeah. But, I, but I'm with you. I know. I, I'm so thankful in retrospect that I did have parents who were like, you know, have manner or just like <laughs> have some decency and have some interest in other things, you know? Right. Like I had to find this like love and drive and passion in myself because like my parents encouraged me to do anything but you know they were just like oh go you know well that's so special and that's such a different way into it too because I really was kind of like here it is Uh and then I happened to love it and I worked hard at it and so both of you it sounds like it's something that which is most people you have to fight for it and you have to really 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 want it but you you have to fight to keep it though I mean like it's like a thing where it's like a lot of and then and I know that a lot of child actors like they sort of wake up one day and their their series is over or whatever was going for them or they puberty hits or whatever happens to them and they have to make that decision and then they and then they have a whole I mean I know actors who are like famous when they were kids and they have to combat that they have to walk in the room and be like oh aren't you the kid from right. that 80s or 90s sitcom and they're like yep I am and now I'm 35 <laughs> but, and now and, I am a know, human and, right, I, and I have and to I and have I'm a trying life. to be right and so I mean it's you know yeah I'm grateful that was never my path as a child uh-huh. <laughs> it was yes. never anything crazy actually the last embarrassing thing i did i quit before high school i was like i want to be in high school uh uh-huh. and i did a reality show called in search of the partridge family for vh1 okay <laughs> they sure. were trying to cast and do a they're trying to bring back the partridge family in 2004 oh because that was such wow. a that was such a you know yeah. a beautiful incredibly nuanced <laughs> show that was <laughs> it was just dying nuanced. to come back oh. there was so much hunger for it but yeah it was uh, Emma Stone was on that show. Really, that's the first thing that she like did before 
blow it. Was she like the Susan Day? Was she like the, uh, yeah, she won. what's her name? Lori Partridge? She was Lori won. Yeah, I was the runner-up, guys. I did not oh, win. Oh, wow. Um, but yeah, it was Were like you, a singing you... acting competition, and it was set wow. up like American Idol, but it was totally cast. Like, so that was, oh was that God. Danny Bonaducci? Yeah, I had Were to you... meet him and hang out with him. Oh my God, that's a nightmare. That'll make you quit the business <laughs> fast. <laughs> He fell off Why? the wagon halfway through shooting, oh, so then wow. just disappeared. And we we're like, "All right, I guess Danny's oh, not coming no. back." <laughs> okay, I guess. I can't imagine. And also, like you see these kids at, you know, at auditions or or like if you like are cast as a parent in something and you work with a kid, they're so. In my experience, they are so. They have un natural levels of confidence and yes. and uh, just like certainty about themselves i know where it's like it's like oh man i wish i was as confident as you or i wish i had that when i was a kid but then also i wonder if if it's best I, I don't know. I don't know I what don't know that either. looks I, like I, I later. Don't, I, you know I what I mean? Exactly. <laughs> you don't think it's good? I don't think it's, it's good. Well, you know, and I think it's like as someone who's not a parent and I'm always looking at kids going, no, no, no. And I'm like, I would, you know, you pretty much ruin your kids no matter what you do yeah. for them. That's pretty much we've determined that like, okay. But, you know, I have a resentment and I'm realizing I'm not proud of this that I, about uh, with a lot of L.A. kids that I see, you know, whether they're actor kids or just just kids of friends of mine or just like I meet these like kids in Silver Lake and Los Feliz. And, you know, they're so allowed to live their truth from day one and right. be themselves. And it's it's like, uh, you know, all the boys, you know, little boys have really long hair. You know, and and and, and I've, uh, that's amazing, but it's just I've I've noticed that like grow, when I grew up, it was like you had to have the same haircut, and you go to and you, have, you don't have a choice in how you want your hair styled. Yeah, you know, and all this oppressive stuff that I grew up with. So I have I see these kids, and I was just recently at this this um sort of like gathering with like families and stuff, and there was this little girl, and she was kind of running the party, and it started like really cute because she was so precocious and she's adorable, and she was wearing like a really cute dress, and she knew it, and she wanted you to play with her doll. <laughs> and her dog was adorable and then it was like um, let's go for a walk let's have chocolate now let's do this let's all watch Moana or whatever and you're like you know um, how about we like don't do you know what I mean it's, you know it's those things yeah. and it, it, I really was my and she was lovely like, the yeah. girl was lovely it wasn't like she was a kid and but I realized that I have my hangups about like she needs to be quiet she needs to be you know sitting there at, you know or go upstairs and hide from us and i'm like i realize i it's my issue it's not about you know but and it's um and it's something that i've noticed a lot I and mean, i talk about this and it's a sort of a slightly different thing but i do you know it's i do know that like older gay men look toward the you know to the younger gay kids and like look what you get to be right now right. I, I would be punched in the face <laughs> right. if i you know, if I uh, behaved that way. And so there's a weird, like, gay men have to deal with their own internalized homophobia in I a way. I think that has to do with, like, flippancy, too. Sort of. Yes. Of, like, my generation of gays. A yes. lot of the times people are like... I don't need to know about that. I don't need to <laughs> learn about that because, I, you know, it's Well, yeah, they're, thing. like, mattishing like the bar. I'm like, some twink is going to have to look up what mattishing is. Oh, absolutely. Like, I know, I I'm love so that. I'm so grateful for that. I know, I know, me too. And it's like, but it is a thing where you see with, you know, and... But the, the kids are now just, you know, in, in, in a beautiful way, just allowed to just be who they are and whatever they mm -hmm. are. But then there are other times that, and again, I don't have an answer for this because there are other times when I'm like, I want to, you know, I, I think kids need to, to be spanked and told. Well, they like, need discipline the and discipline, they need structure. Because kids need those things yeah. too. So I don't, I don't know about like with how everything is like, isn't my, uh, you know, isn't my baby adorable all the time and everything that they do? I'm like, sometimes they're not. Sometimes they're a little shit and they need to be told like, you know. And so um, where do you find that line? Where do you draw that line? I have no idea. I don't either. And I also don't have kids. So all my... Yeah, I love it. So None this of us do. All... <laughs> talking parenting. <laughs> but anyway, I, basically I know everything there is to know about it. Um, but the, my question, the question I have in my mind is, I don't know what this sort of... Um, this sort of freedom and, and allowance to like live their truth at, at such a young age and, and have such confidence in like just making their choices about their life and not having any choices imposed on them. I, I'm just so curious what that looks like when it grows up. Yes. Like, yes. what, it's what good, does that? Though. I Well, that's what I think. But I wonder, I mean, I, I can only imagine that it's good because who confidence is we all are striving to have it mm -hmm. and to know yourself. Like, I feel like these kids are encouraged to like 
have their identity so early. The that- only thing that the, the I think the flip side though uh, just the, is that you have to encourage them to be interested in other people and other people's mm. truth and what for uh, sure and, yeah and 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 be interested in in older people and yeah. what's come before them right because and if have you deference only say, to that yes because yeah. because the thing about that that I you know it's like a lot for me as a kid I was told I was wrong uh you know no no like and a lot of it you know obviously was you know I, I also feel like you know if, if you ha- you know if you, if you're looking for your truth it will come through at some point you will find it and you will look back and go no I was actually right about this and this and this but I was wrong about this this and this and they were right in telling me I was you know so mm. I think it's good to know that like if, if it's all about like you know telling a kid you are always right you are always correct every the kid doesn't really spend much time looking outside of himself herself and and also even within right. you know I would even within it. because they just think my instinct is right I feel this so I'm so I must be right at all times mm. as opposed to going oh you know what I'm just tired I'm I'm cranky about this because I'm hungry or or I'm or I'm wrong about this I needed to be illumin- you know I needed to learn about this and so that is the only thing about it is I, I think it's just encouraging awareness yeah right outside yeah. I imagine with yeah. identity like when it comes to being able to choose your own identity and that kind of a thing and being self-assured in who you are, that's yeah. probably going to be great. But if someone's yes. not disciplining a child at all, that's a problem. Yes. I, don't, I don't know if that's like a current theme. I don't have that many friends with kids who are... All my friends with kids are their babies. So right. there's not much parenting going on at this point. Right? Yeah, um, it's just interesting to because like I think about this a lot where so many... I was in therapy for a good chunk. Um, I just recently stopped... I'm sorry. Congratulations. I'm fixed. Because you're here. Uh, (laughs) Um, But in those conversations, it was really, I'm just so aware of how the smallest experience you have as a kid, something locks into place in your brain. Mm -hmm. And that like shapes how you look at the world forever. Right. And and it's just so, they're so fragile and their perception of the world, everything is like, being put into this computer in their brains. Right. Uh, and and it's, yeah. it's fascinating to me that like we're all like sort of made of the same things, you know, and it, it is these experiences and genetics and all these different factors that come together that like shape us. Yeah. And like and then there's our soul, our personality that is within all of that. But yeah. And so like. I think like one of the most horrifying things about being a parent, aside from like just imminent danger around every corner, <laughs> is that is like you can't protect your kids from that. And mm. you shouldn't. Mm-hmm. You know, you can't like there's no way, you know, sheltering a kid. I mean, you know, if you meet people who or adults that are like kept from too many things, they're fucking weird at yeah. this yeah. point. Like it's like as adults, it's like, oh, my God, you weren't, you know, um, I mean, I don't I don't know. I, I sort of got into it with someone who. I found out, and I said a lot, but like he saw his first R-rated movie when he was seventeen, <laughs> and I was like, I was five. I don't know if that's better or, <laughs> but I feel like it's better than seventeen. Yeah. I was like, what are you? What were you doing as a teen? You waited until it was legal yeah. for you to watch an R-rated movie. That is, I'm sorry, I think that's very strange. And yeah. I, you know, I was watching Valley Girl when I was five, and so uh, which is really upset, whatever. But I do think too, like you know, about all the like you know, there are a lot of things that. As kids, like kids are, kids are all right. Like they can handle things. And a lot of times adults are like, they can't handle that. They can't see that. They don't know. It's like kids like take in, like you said, little mini experiences and then they're major And there's no way to shield them from that. Like there's no way something, your kid is going to have some sort of something about something. And there's, even if you are completely 100% perfect to them all the time and everything's mm-hmm. perfect there's still going to be a micro thing that happens right. that yep. now locks something like i'm going to cry about this one thing and my mom will look away for one second and i'm going to be like okay i have shame about that for the rest of my uh, life absolutely like there's no way to protect them so you just kind of have to i think there's an acceptance you have to have about like there's there's things that are just going to happen and right. they're going to believe things and all i can hope for is that they have awareness and self you know and and the ability to communicate with me and with yeah. other loved ones in their life 
what they're feeling then that's yeah. all I can hope for it's just crazy to realize that parents are just you're making it up you're making all of oh it my God. That's, yeah. it's compl- I mean yeah you're, you're trying to be as honest with yourself and your children as possible and you're just trying to instill whatever you can but it's all yeah. it's, it's, you're making no, it all up no it's all improv and it's like you're, you know and if, and I went you know I realized it was you know when as an adult I could see my parents as just people and as mm-hmm. adults and you know you have so much more respect and understanding like they're doing the best they can i'm like you know because as a kid you're like they are the authority they must know everything and it is that feeling of like there's no santa claus when you realize that your parent may have like failed in some way it feels feels like a betrayal right in a way and it's like maybe they didn't try to fail they didn't we're doing it to overtly disappoint you they're just people and they're doing the best that they can um and also they're sort of basing their parenting on their own parents. And a lot of times it's it's a reaction to their own parents. They're like, I'm not going to be my mom or my dad, so I'm going to parent you this totally different way. And, you know, and is there is there a, a perfect way? You know, you just have to be like, oh, I just, I hope it all comes together. And, yeah. I, and you know, a lot of it, too, is like, I hope my kid doesn't suck. Yeah. Like, I mean, I just think sometimes, too, it's like. Some kids yeah. just suck. Some kids suck. Oh, like, it's some dogs just I mean, just it's suck. my favorite thing about that play, The Children's <laughs> Hour. Do you know that play, The Children's yeah, Hour? You yeah, yeah. I'm like, kids suck. Like, some kids <laughs> just are rotten. Like, that isn't her name Mary? Uh, I, I think, think it so. is. Like, the, <laughs> the evil girl's like, little Mary. Uh, you know, and, like, she's just a bad, she's a bad seed. You know, she's a bad uh, not to be confused with the bad seed, and mm-hmm. that uh, is Rhoda, and she's bad because her mom is a spoiler alert was a serial killer. Um, that's a whole different story. It's whole different story. Uh, but uh, <laughs> that's the weird. If you, the bad seed's the weirdest thing ever. If you ever get a chance to see the movie or the play or whatever, it's insane. Um, but the uh, but uh, Charlene Zara, yeah, I just love that because that that's the statement of just like no, it's like. Children, like, some children have this, like, evil thing in them. And children will destroy. And children will, you know, and... and um, We need to talk about Kevin. Oh, exactly. Oh, yeah. oh, my God, that movie. <sighs> that, so one of the scary. best titles of any movie Phenomenal. ever. Because yeah. the whole movie, you're going, you need to talk about <laughs> Kevin. Talk about Why Kevin. aren't you talking about Kevin? And Tilda Swinton, I mean, that's my fear as a parent, because... That care- you've seen the movie too, Mary. In, uh, I, I know what it's about. I haven't okay. watched it, but but basically, Tilda Swinton plays a woman who should not be a mom, doesn't want to be a mom, has no interest in it whatsoever. But it sort of feels the pressure, like okay, I guess I'll be a mom, and you know, and she's living in Los Feliz or yeah, Silver Lake so. or something, yeah. And uh, John C. Riley, John C. Right? Riley is her husband, and and they're both like these like smart lovely like into you know great people they have this baby and from the second it's born she and this baby have zero connection oh, and it's like the baby the screams of this baby every time he's with the, he's with his mother and then there's this amazing scene where she pushes the stroller she's just trying to get rid of the noise and she goes out into a construction site to just hear like just to hear like um sledgehammers oh. and or what's the word like jackhammers yeah. and just to hear like the noises of construction and and she has a moment of relief so she doesn't hear a baby cry and then you hear the baby scream over the construction oh. and it's just setting into motion Oof. you know this connection this like zero connection between a mother and a son and then he ends up you know being a school shooter and Jesus. um and just the, the the like the guilt that you have over like what did i do or right. not do i mean you know with this kid and then yeah sometimes you're just like wow I just saw a great I think I've talked about this before and it's coming out in this fall but it's called My Friend Dahmer and it's about a guy that went to high school with Jeffrey Dahmer I own the graphic novel oh isn't it I mean, it's I, amazing it's, it's amazing yeah it's an incredible well that book. guy it's you know and it's it's fantastic and it's and it's and, and that's one that's so sad because all the factors that came together to make Jeffrey Dahmer and you know we look at that person as like a complete monster you know for good reason but right. it's also like there's more to the story and I'm so fascinated by that like yeah. I just I refuse to write somebody off anybody off is just like well they're evil and I'm good well, and you, end of story right. it's you like hear, yeah you hear those stories time and time again about people who do it's so cyclical the people who and there are exceptions to this but people who do horrible things had horrible things done to yep. them, yes. and so it's it's really it's it's more Learned behavior, yeah. You know? yeah. And it's and it's and it's one of those things, and and then in the most extreme forms, when all these other fa- you know you factor in mental illness on top of uh, neglect, on top of abuse, and you put all those on things top together. of homophobia, yeah. In the case oh, of absolutely, Dahmer. absolutely, yeah. And so um, you know, it's it's uh, it, it it is fascinating, and you know. 
horrifying. Mm-hmm. It's horrifying to make children. <laughs> and they're just concentrate. They're like concentrated little personalities yes. that haven't yet like like sort of diluted into uh-huh. society. Yes. So they're just like these these like balls of just chaos mm-hmm. that are going every like it's so how do you control that and hope that they grow in a way that's I know, I you know. know. I just think uh, no how? one knows. Uh, yeah. How, Keaton? How do you? <laughs> well, do we got to figure it out. You put today. them in commercials. <laughs> That's, That's how what you, you do. It. You, you you prop them up in it front of millions of people, and you, you they let get... them sell products, <laughs> and there you go. <laughs> and they get residuals, and then you know, for college. mommy and daddy can go to Maui. <laughs> Uh, that's how it works. That's how it works. Uh, oh my God, I love I love this conversation. Well, I want to hear um, I want to hear stories. What? <laughs> Who wants to go first? Mm. Um, mine's gonna bring it not Please. further down. Like I don't know how possibly we can dive. Oh, I love further that. I love into diving the down. I love it. No, I've had quite a couple weeks. Yes. I just got out of a nine year relationship. Oh, oh honey. Um, yeah, no, with my first boyfriend we got together when we were 17 we met in show choir which was a beautiful time a beautiful thing we ended very amicably and we have nothing but love for each other but it's like very much a change in every aspect of my existence nine years that's huge because you're still really young I'm 26 yeah Yeah, that's huge I've never been through a breakup I've never like made decisions for myself in a lot of ways. I'm realizing like, wow, you have a lot of self discovery to go through in the next year or so. Yeah, but oh, I rest you know, yeah, yeah, I mean forever. Sure. But yeah. there's going to be a very concentrated period for a while. Yes. I'm yes. stumbling over lessons left and right, like quite literally. What are some things that you're like, oh my god, it's never occurred to me that. Well, I mean, so many, so many stupid things like going grocery shopping. This sounds so ridiculous, but no. it was both terrifying and exhilarating <laughs> as I was like this is for myself entirely like not that I would defer to him but you know you're just when you're when you're with somebody and you are you you are always going to be thinking about them on some level right and when you're really like oh this is for me it was like truly mind-blowing and are you having a moment of like well what do I like completely it's like what do I want and I think I had that moment and that's why this happened uh-huh. and it was sort of a choice between like staying in something that was lovely and comfortable in a lot of ways or choosing sort of your own happiness on some level. Sure. Um, Definitely. But the story that I was going to tell was I was leaving the gym uh, two days after this happened. I was, I go to CrossFit, guys. Oh, Um, sure. Yeah, we should talk about that for a while. Oh, no. Um, No, I'm kidding. Uh, That'll take up the rest of the whole space. I was (laughs) leaving the class and it was a really exhausting workout and I was walking back to my car that had been parked a couple blocks away and, uh, as I was walking back, I hadn't stretched properly. I just kind of wanted to like get back into my hole and continue processing my feelings. And yeah. so I'm getting to the car and I sort of pivot on my left foot mm. and I get like a muscle spasm in my left calf, which is essentially a Charlie horse. Although yes. I've never, mm-hmm. I had never, I thought a Charlie horse was just being punched in the thigh, but it's mm. not. No, it's like no, a, no, 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 no. I have, I have my, my right calf for some reason. When I get them, they only occur in my right calf, and usually early in the morning. Um, for me, it's, I, I always think it's when I'm a little dehydrated. Yeah, I guess that's what it was, or yeah. when you overwork it. It mm-hmm. lasted about five minutes, and it was like some it's of the most excruciating. It, yeah. <sighs> so yes. I didn't know what it and was. You feel it coming on seconds before, and you're like, "I'm getting ready to happen. This is getting ready to happen." I didn't know because I'd never had it. So I fell to the floor oh. and I sort of like <laughs> I'm already in this like completely fragile state and I sound like an animal that's been hit by a car or something. I'm like shrieking in, in the dark on the street. There's no one around. So in this oh, moment, God. I'm like I'm in excruciating pain and I am so alone oh and I'm God. sitting there and I'm just oh. like I'm holding it and like trying to flex my leg whilst yelling and I'm sitting there and I'm like someone needs to come save me like I need to be taken somewhere and after about a minute or two of just like kind of shouting and trying to I'm imagining like the aerial shot of like Sean Penn and Mystic River <laughs> it's exactly just like it screaming on the street and the camera pulls <laughs> up and you know everybody in their apartments near there is like what do you the- hear that yeah oh no God. one they're all oh peering God, out the window don't look outside don't oh look outside I don't want to know outside. what it is oh I don't want to know what it is I don't, I don't want to know I don't want to be a part of it I don't want to be a part of it look it I'm, so... trying to, I'm trying to go on my own journey and this <laughs> Screamers outside. But literally, I'm there, and, I, and I'm and i like, this, I'm like, okay, think logically. This can't get worse without an impetus. Like, nothing is, nothing is happening that's going to all of a sudden make this more painful. Mm-hmm. So just breathe, and just sort of <laughs> sit there and breathe, and self-soothe, and all you can do is breathe, and the pain will eventually go away. So yeah. I was very alone, and very in pain, and it's very much a metaphor for my life. And I'm oh. like, and that's okay, and that's good, and if you just fucking breathe... 
It will slowly it will subside. You know what? I, mean, yeah, I love that. True. That's beautiful. I mean, it's true. And it's, I, okay, so the Charlie Horse thing, what well, I've gotten them a lot and uh, over the years. And what I used to do up until recently, and, and maybe somebody that's listening to this can tell us a better way to handle these <laughs> things. Because to me, what I used to do is I would just try to relax as much as I could, as best as I could, to just sort of let it all go and just like let it sort of ride its ride my flesh is what it does. And it just sort of like, you know, and I would just sort of like let, you know, and it would go on and on and on. It would, it would probably be, I don't know, 30 seconds, but it would feel like 10 minutes. Yeah, this was probably like a 10 second episode. Someone like just like mm. stabbing, grinding, pulling, mm. you know, everything terrible. Um and then I would be, I, I would have a limp for like a day mm-hmm. or two. Like I said, would, the next day I would feel it and, be, and it would just hurt, it would kill. And I would just have to get up and like try to get a water or get a banana or something. It was, it was like potassium or something that I mm-hmm. think I need. Somebody recently told me that you actually should flex your muscle as hard as you can and like fight back against it. I think that's what I did. Which is which is like, what you're supposed to do from which I did not know and I will say the last couple of times I've had them I've done that and it lasts a lot less uh long and you don't you're not sore. It's the it's counterintuitive. In my mind it's always like I've always sort of had this thing where I'm like, if you're in a car accident, just go limp. Like, right. just like, right. if it happens, just like, let it happen. Because don't fight back against it because, right. you know, your the tension in your muscles will make you, can make your bones break or whatever. And I don't know what, where I, you know, sort of heard that. And But in this situation, if there's something about like fighting back against it and, and, and just being as strong as you can, that will actually sort of lessen the, it sort of, it wards it off and it's, and it helps build up that, the muscle yeah. and that, you know. And I think that's a good metaphor too. I think it is too. It's, it's a combination sort of like, fight too. back. Yeah, I mean, fight back. Fight your feelings. Fight Don't your feel feelings. your feelings. No, I think it's like be strong, <laughs> yeah, you know. Completely. It's like when this is happening, you're like, you know what's happening. Acknowledge it and be like, all right, I'm here for this world. I'm here for this life. And you're doing this to me right now. Mm-hmm. I'm going to I'm going to like sort of fight back instead of just like giving up and going, uh whatever. And yes, there is something in like relax, breathe, Correct. get through it, you will be fine. But there's you know, I mean, I don't know. I think it's just interesting that it's like no in this situation, you know, you're supposed to, yeah. Yeah, and it's just like um, you know, and do that. I mean, um so yeah, so ultimately, I, I love that you guys are amicable because yeah. you're both lovely, and I, no, and I love that thing. you guys made did, made that decision. But it's also it has to be this feeling of like, like who am I when I'm Completely. going out? Yeah. Do it's, you find that like uh, when you go out, are, are you like going out with friends? Are you staying at home a lot? I don't know. I've, luckily, I've had like a lot of great support, and I tend to be that person for people that like helps people through stuff which I didn't really yeah. realize until this happened where they're like yeah. you were indispensable during my breakup and I'm like Aww. oh really cool that's sweet great yeah. Um, but yeah I don't know I've been I've been I've had a lot of support therapy is great yeah mm-hmm. um, I endorse it wholeheartedly <laughs> mm-hmm. um, but yeah no my family's here too which is nice yes, um, yes. but kind of strange because family can kind of make it about them in some ways I went and visited the first night right after it happened I went home and it was they were so upset because he's a part of our family that it made me more upset I was like okay I have to leave now like this was a mistake (laughs) but but yeah it's 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 a I'm just trying to be compassionate with everybody, him and them, everybody. It's just right, like, you know. Right. And and you've got to be with yourself, too. I completely. like where it is. Because there is there is a loss there. It's like you're allowed to like go through mourning. Yeah. You know, and just be like, I just, this is a, you know, as much as this is ultimately the best decision and everything works out really well and nobody's nobody's dead, but you still feel like there's this thing that we had together that, you know, and you have completely. every right to feel... That like, you know, and this is like a new chapter and it is really scary. Everything um, is foreign. So that's yes. what's weird. Every there's no routine. Everything is different. And it's it can be exhilarating in moments, which is nice because it's like I'm kind of starting to experience that positivity or just like just possibility itself is exciting. Mm-hmm. And I feel like that's something that's super relatable when it comes to people in this industry. It's like possibility is the most exciting thing in the world. Yeah. yeah. Before you even yeah. get something or you think it whatever. So I'm that's my life right now. <laughs> In all fronts. Yeah. So I'm yeah. just trying to 
to yeah really honor everything that I'm feeling and also just be open to everything that's great it sounds yeah, like you're doing a great job I mean I'm not crying awesome. now but talk to me in an hour <laughs> <laughs> it's very very much comes in waves and every yeah. song I've ever heard in the last nine years that's cool too so. oh yeah. yeah no that's that's oh, yeah. no that's great I'm I mean, proud I'm of you I'm very proud of you for doing yeah, that because that's huge weird but. to do that and I also think you know as somebody who's been single most of my life I'm in the opposite sense of like I if I got in a relationship it would be a whole it would I would have to be like trained how to be part of how to be in you know, a part of a, a union you know yeah. just being like oh I, I need to let you know where I'm gonna be right I need to pick out cereal that you might want to eat mm-hmm. I need to you know just think about us we you know yeah. I'm gonna go see this thing I should get two tickets to this thing <laughs> right you know I should ask you if you want to go right. before right. I just decide right. I mean I'm such a, a you know one man band that I'll just be like oh I'm gonna go do this and I'm gonna go do this and I'm gonna do that and you know just it's it's a it's a real training process to well, just yeah, you know. I'm going through the opposite because it's jarring because I was again I was 17 so I've never been yes. an adult yeah. that was on my own in this way yeah and I think I also just I am a person you who, guys watched your first R-rated movie together <laughs> we did just when <laughs> we turned 17 um, no yeah like I am very other oriented as a person so I uh-huh. tend to like I realized again in therapy that uh, I tend to like gauge my happiness based on other people so it's like and that's very much a child actor thing, I think, in a lot oh, of ways. Oh, sure. Sure, We're wanting sure. to please. But yes. that is not a good way to live your life. It's mm-hmm. not very healthy. Yeah. <laughs> so no. I think that's another thing I'm like, okay, what do you want? Let's mm-hmm. figure that out. Mm-hmm. And you're going to look back, and I know that's going to sound like such an old man thing to say, but you will look back and be like, oh, my God, I was so young. I, I completely. You know, I mean, yeah. you know, it's like you're not going to be like, okay, uh, 26, end, end of the road. Uh, yeah. you know? <laughs> you know? Just the older you get, the more you realize that you don't know shit. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> like you're a big, dumb baby who knows nothing. Oh, right, so that's, exactly. And then as soon as you think you do, the universe like smacks the universe you down goes, again. wait, yeah. nope. Yeah, it's so, true. Exactly. Oh, I love that. Fun. Yeah, Fun. fun. <laughs> Mary Holland. Mm. 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 I um I we uh, recently <laughs> I recently rent on a. Well, okay, I'd really love to have your own voice. You know, like to, no, no, I, know, I have a really good like, character like I'd just, like oh, to do. Keaton just opened up his he, heart. Yeah, no, I know, I know, I know, but I have a really good character. <laughs> no, but I recently oh, went on okay, a that's not really campy a character. trip, and it was really good. Yeah. Um, <laughs> <laughs> uh, I recently went on a camping trip. Uh huh. Um, and it was great. I went with uh, my best friend Catherine. We went to a a very secluded part of uh, Sequoia National Park. Oh, fun! It's beautiful, and we did these really intense you're, hikes. You're both from here. I mean, she lives here too. Or she she actually lives in London, but her family lives in Northern California, oh, okay, so okay. she she comes back to California a mm-hmm. lot. And um, we neither of us had really camped before, but uh-huh. we did a ton of research and. You know, it was car camping, so it wasn't too intense, but the... So what's car camping? What does that mean? It's just when you have your car at the campsite. Okay. So it's not like we're hiking and... Got it. Okay. And making a campsite. Okay, great, great. Yeah, it's like there's, you know, you got a fire pit and a little grade and, you Uh know, it's like a lot of the amenities are taken care of. Right. Um, But the hikes we did were really intense and the, the thought that I've been having recently and this, this... This moment on the mountain, I think, was like that sort of coming out of me. We were we were at a pretty high altitude, so maybe it was also the altitude. <laughs> but we were like in the middle of a hike and just quietly, you know, exerting ourselves. And I suddenly was like, I turned to her and I was like, I'm having a little bit of anxiety. And she was like, oh, really? And I was like, I'm going to cry. And I just started crying. And it felt like a sneeze, but it was a sob. And I was like, I just started sobbing. Uh And I don't, there was no like thoughts in my head. It just kind of like, it was just pure, just a release of something. Mm -hmm. And I, I I think it's, there's so many things the unknowableness of the future. Uh-huh. And then also the with me, I think that anxiety was like related to um, I don't know that I don't I'm not someone who's super self-assured and, and confident. And um, uh, I don't feel 
that I totally know who I am mm-hmm. or I, I don't feel like a strong sense of my identity. I do in moments and then, and then which kind of puts you leagues away. beyond people that really, really think they do. Yeah. I mean, that self-awareness is knowing that you don't know. Right. right. Oh, <laughs> yeah. Well, that's yeah, it's true. Hear. And, and <laughs> it's so funny to hear you say that because on stage you're so incredibly confident and you oh, play, I mean, true. I just saw you in this, uh, this amazing play called avoid and you just, you killed it. You're just, and you just played such a layered, complicated mess with such ferocity. I mean, you <laughs> oh, were just, you took you. over. You were just so in charge. Thank you. That uh, means of that, a lot. Of that, of that moment. So yeah. it's so interesting but to hear you say in person that you have this, you know, I love that. I love hearing that because it's so, I would never think of you in that way. I would never say like, you know. Yeah. There's something about, and I'm sure we all feel this way as actors like where there's such a safe zone on stage where you can really you can just be you can just fully live in that moment and you sort of have the freedom of like this is this character's choice and i'm Uh like fully committing to that yes and like this thought i had on the mountain was like i i don't i don't know what's in store for me and I also like I don't know that I can be alone with my thoughts if that makes sense that's uh-huh. the thought I had was <laughs> the thought I had on my own was <laughs> I don't know if I can just be alone with myself and uh-huh. which is weird because I, I am I consider myself an introvert I love people but I do I need to be alone to like recharge and yes, I crave me too. I'm the solitude same yes me too Um, but at the same time, I, I I crave a sort of social solitude, if that mm, makes sense, where mm-hmm. I'm still I'm in the world mm-hmm. and I'm still like I I know I'm secure in my friends and in my family. Like I, I sort of know I have this social um support and network. Mm-hmm. But when so I'm I'm good in that kind of solitude, but when it comes to really being alone inside my head, I'm I'm just there's a part of me that's so worried that it's just vacant, that it's oh. just like <laughs> no. empty in there. Well, you do you know, know how I mean? many how many opportunities do we really get to be alone on the side of a mountain away from society? I right, mean, that might be that too. It's like that feeling of like. I haven't had this experience in so long. My body doesn't even know how to react in this moment. Yeah. I don't have enough things coming at me. I'm in the middle of this, like, really peaceful, beautiful place. And now I have to think, like, who am I? Where am I? And I haven't checked in in a while. I mean, I think I think there's a lot of that. I mean, that I can sort of understand where, you know, you find you get to a point where you're like, you, I mean, our lives are... Go, 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 go. And we're also living, we're, we're, we are told to want that, to go, go, mm-hmm. go. And ultimately, we do want that. Yeah. So it's like all that is like all ultimately good. And then, you know, even when you take a vacation somewhere, it's like we have to go here, we have to go here, we have to go here, mm-hmm. we have to get to this point, to this point, to this point. And you're not really just like reflecting. Yeah, you know? there's a comfort always, and maybe especially for um, people in who have jobs or careers or lives where there's there's not much stability or it's where it's like there's such I think we crave plans in uh-huh. a way e- even like mentally like I cr- I crave knowing what I'm gonna think about versus like having nothing right and just s- sitting in that and. Yeah. You know, but you it's, feel exposed. <laughs> yeah. It's a weird, yes. it's a really weird feeling of, of not like, cause even when I crave solitude on my, uh, like, I'll like go to a movie by myself or go yeah, to dinner too. by myself and read. And like, the, it, the, even that's a plan of like, absolutely what I'm doing versus just having suddenly nothing. And what are you left with? And I, I don't know that. I like what I'm left with. I, I think that's that's going to be like a journey is like figuring out how do you like what you're left with when all oh, of that's wow. gone? Yeah. You know? Yeah. I mean, that, that's such a such a good question for all of us because I think we all, you know, we surround ourselves with things. And like, I'm the same with you. I, I will schedule solitary time and I've had... Me too. You know, a, a friend of mine who basically says you have to like 
one day a month, you have to just not be available for anybody. And it, it might be a Wednesday, yeah. it might be a Sunday, whatever day it is, it doesn't matter. But you have to just have a day where you just don't. And that's hard to do. And it's also in our lives because we don't have much stability, uh, you know, you know, as as actors and, you know, and just trying to, like, get work whenever we can and sort of enjoy the downtime. And like you should be writing when you're, you know, or you should be. But. Even scheduling that one day is, mm-hmm. like you said, it's a plan. And on that day, I will most likely go to a movie mm-hmm. or get a massage or maybe both. Mm-hmm. Or I will go to the gym. I'll have something to do that is good for me ultimately. Yeah. But it's still a plan. Exactly. It's not just sitting there and, and enjoying like nothing. Well, and just your own thoughts. Yes. It's the <sighs> complete like, la- I don't know if this is, it might be kind of related, but it sort of is like the complete lack of validation. Like we get validation right. from other people. Yes. For sure. Especially yes. with it, when it is what we do. It's like, and you know how to go talk to somebody at a coffee shop and be charming and have this mm-hmm. whole conversation. And it was like satisfying for some reason with the barista or whoever uh-huh. it is, you know, uh-huh. and it's a little, little snippet of validation. But when you're truly by yourself, you have to validate yourself that's so true Mm -hmm. i i that really yeah that really that sort of valid yeah yep because i even in that moment when i had that breakdown you know Catherine was holding on to me and was being very (laughs) so i felt like she was there she was totally validating me but there was no one inside my head being like like i i feel like there's just a perpetual question for me of like am i good Am I doing things the way I want to be? What do I want? Is what I want good? Is like, what is this? Like, I'm I'm not able to do that for myself yet. Mm-hmm. Well, you will be able to. Oh, I mean, we're all God working on it. Yeah, we are. We are, yeah, absolutely. That's that's a, yeah, majorly what I'm thing. doing right now too. Like, uh, yeah. And that's why we seek. That's why social media, I think, is such a thing because it is that like. Even if I'm alone, I can post a picture of myself being alone, and then I get validation. Yeah, I get likes, that. and people yeah. like it, and then they comment, and they're like, "Oh, it's someone so that I haven't heard from in a while," or, you know, um, yeah. yes, I know it's it is it is so crazy, and it is something that like why I love doing this show because it's like I I love hearing from people and being able like for them to share and for me to be able to relate and it's like we relate you know you like you do think you're alone in these sort of in these sort of moments and then you're like oh we all are sort of going towards that and we all yeah. want that ultimately like whether on whatever conscious or subconscious level we, whatever we want to be good and we want to feel okay and we want to be headed towards the right things. Yeah. I mean, not just not just on a surface level or on a material level, but on an emotional and spiritual level yeah. too. Yeah. And know? how do you know if you're heading the right way? Like, it's all so yeah. you just have to be so comfortable with with not being uncomfortable, knowing. right? I mean, that's the thing that, like, you know, and I, I just sound like a, you know, and you know, and and you know, from doing so much improv, it's like you have to be comfortable being uncomfortable, and that's mm-hmm. the thing where you're like that that in that unknown place is the most interesting place. Yeah, and it's the scariest place. It's why, like, you know, and it's I, I you know, I can I know I sound like a cult leader when I talk about doing improv, but you know, when you see when people, the, some of the biggest mistakes that people make in improv is that they they want to talk too much about the past, mm-hmm. or they want to talk too much about the future, mm-hmm. um, and they they have a really hard time being in the present because that's the scary point, but that. That's the interesting point. Right? Is the yes. present, the right now, is what's interesting. You know, and I always say, like in improv, and it's in, the, and I think it's true in life, is that the past is a little bit important. The past is is good because it's going to help you inform now, and it's going to, and it's going to, and these experiences right. will stay with you, and and memories are good, and and all those sort of things. It's like, you know, you should. The past is is very helpful to an extent, um, and I think the present is of infinite importance, and it's just it's everywhere we need to be, and the future is of zero importance right because talking right. about fantasy. what's it's it's a fantasy and it's it's or it's it's yeah to talk about what's gonna happen and the people do all the time on stage they'll say you know stop doing that mom's gonna come in here and she's gonna be really mad right. at you and it's gonna get really crazy in a minute right now we're just talking about what's gonna happen and in life you know how boring if if the future turns out to be exactly what you predicted and you know it won't be you know and we do that we talk about the future in order to help ourselves process and I do it all the time and prepare almost every day I'm in the shower I think about 
the next couple days yeah. what I have Me every, too. you know, and I'm like, okay, so then I'll do this, and then I have this, and then I have this, and then the next day, and it's this weird sort of I've always made lists as a kid, and it was always a thing for comforting me, but I also know like anything can happen, and I won't be doing any of those things, and I'll be life will thrust me into this other place, yeah. and the thought of that is terrifying. Yeah. But you're also like, but that's going to happen whether I, no matter how many lists I want to make or how many, how much I want to control that, I'm not in charge, mm-hmm. you know, and sort of it's really nice to just kind of say. Um, you know, and then also to check in with yourself. I'm trying to be a little about. Uh, I'm. I'm so bad about overbooking myself and doing a lot of shows, or just or going to everybody's parties, right. or just doing all these things because yeah. I really do enjoy it on, on some level. But I've tried lately to just be like, okay, there's no way I'm going to make it all the way across town to make a five minute appearance and then come all the way back over to do this other thing. And I'm making myself crazy and nobody really cares. Right. Like, I mean, I want it for my selfish reasons of going to somebody's party because I want to see the people there and I enjoy it. So it's not like, oh, I have to really, you know, uh, you know, go against my desires and show up at this party person's house or party or whatever. But you're like, ultimately, I've got to take care. Like, maybe I'll just, like, take a breath. Maybe I'll just not stress getting to this other thing. Maybe I'll, you know, just kind of sit and do nothing. Yeah. You know? How can you hone that that inner voice that really is communicating with you what you really want in that moment versus taking into consideration what everyone else wants and right. what, what you yep. think they want, what you want from them? And, like, what do you – what do you – like – quieting everything so that you can and I suppose that's what meditation is is that it it like brings you in the moment you suddenly that inner voice is turned up and you learn to get comfortable listening to it yes yes and and it's okay to um, say no it's okay to change plans it's okay to just take care because Ultimately, like people, we think that everyone have these has these expectations of us, but mm-hmm. we put it on ourselves mm-hmm. to where like nobody nobody wins when we're all like crazy and running around and 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 you know and and stressing out and like you can look at everything and that's why we look at other people and we we don't see like all their you know like how hard it is to be them because mm-hmm. we think oh it must be easy I think we think like I have to do this this and this I'm like you really don't have to <laughs> you don't have to do anything you know and I think I've talked about this before but I've lately and and you know it's been so therapeutic is this adult coloring book that I have oh, yeah. <laughs> that, which is meditative they which are is very so meditative. meditative and I love it and I try to do it if I can like at least like 30 minutes to an hour a day and it is this thing where I'm like I turn my phone off I actually have to set an alarm because I'll just get locked in and I'll be I'll do it for hours well there was one day that I did it for like three hours and I was like oh my god I had to finish it was like, it was like finishing the hat like I had to finish the hat and it was just that thing where you're just like I have to I'm obsessed with these colors and how to get this right and then I'm like okay I can't do this every day of my life because I'll start to be super weird but I will say I've been at sort of social situations and I'm like I want to go home and color. I miss my color. Yeah. It's so weird. But I'm like, I it it just it, it activates this different part of my brain and I'm and I'm not really I don't I'm not having to talk I'm not having to engage. Um, but I'm also like tra- I'm lost in my own thoughts mm-hmm. the whole time. I'm not like yeah. sitting there. Act- it's also because you're just coloring, so you're not really doing anything. You're not agonizing over the color. No, <laughs> you're really not. At the most, you're going, okay, should that be like red or purple? It's not really anything. Should that- I do a hard outline and then uh, soft inside? Yeah, exactly. Oh, like, my color would you? Yeah, oh, yeah. yeah. Do some I, nice um, shading. See, I'm a, I'm a marker person myself. I like to I like to outline. I like to, and then I like to color within each line. It's yeah, like, that's very soothing to me. Like mm-hmm. to do that. That, you know, what are we talking about? But it's kind of <laughs> nice because it mushes your brain. You know, it just does something else that you just kind of. And, and I do. I feel like I've gotten some deep conversations with myself. Over yeah. That. Or I try to go for. It's like the same as like going for a really nice walk by yourself. When you can just go for a walk and be like, I'm just gonna go for this walk with no. And I have to slow myself down because I can always be in such a hurry to like get the walk done and then I have to come do this. Exactly. And, this. and it's like no, just. Go for a walk. Enjoy it for itself. Mm-hmm. And, tr- and like, that's the thing I want to experiment with a little bit more is like not letting myself listen to anything. Yeah, not no music, letting no myself, podcast. No podcast. Just yeah. me and my surroundings. Like, I was, I've been reading this book called um, A Field Guide to Getting Lost. Uh-huh. And it's all, it sort of pertains to this thing. Um, but it's all about how, as artists, you need to like, Lose yourself, be comfortable with the getting lost mm-hmm. and not knowing where, I mean, it's everything we've been talking about, but 
to describe this um, Native American tribe that would that on, on, would only like would not refer to their left arm or their right arm. They would refer based on where they are in the world, uh, their west arm or their east arm or their north arm or their south uh-huh. arm. So it was there is no them without their surroundings. Oh, like, wow. They, they're fully oriented to, like, where they are in the world. And it made me realize, like, oh, my God, I will go a whole day and not think about where I am. Of course not. Yeah. Like, and also, we're, we're so engage. not trained that way. Yeah. We're so... Also, like, could I even do that? If you yeah. yeah. Which one? I don't know. I'm not a compass in that way. I, I know. know. And I would love to be. That's I would love to, like, yeah. yeah, get grounded and orient myself in the world, and maybe that would help orient myself yeah no i love that i love it well um i think we're almost out of time so i just want to um recap what we've i mean this is pretty huge today this is pretty big we covered a lot of we did we did cover a lot uh you know children are fucked and adults need to just be where they are alone alone adults need to be better and And children need to just go away i know um no but i i think there's something really wonderful about just like sort of uh you know taking that time to just unplug Mm -hmm. and just and have and and dealing with no thought Mm -hmm. you know that's it that's a real yoga thing too it's like it's not it's like you have a thought let it drift away don't force it down don't like reject it just like acknowledge it and like let it go Mm. and just sort of like and sort of just and just being being comfortable with nothing and knowing that that's something you know because that's the thing that we don't we don't we don't value that enough um yeah yeah. Gosh. Gosh. Right? Gosh. Oh. Man. Well, I'm going to think this over. Think this over. Self-reflection. <laughs> I know. It started with how lovely voices you both had, and then it turned into <sighs> this, like, nothing. <laughs> it turned into a whisper. <laughs> <laughs> and then we became dust. Uh, I love it. It's um, that's That's been great. Thank you both so much. Thank you. For yeah, being on the show. I, I want to th- thank Mary Holland and Keaton Savage. For being on the show, um, that's that's it for this week. Thank you so much for li- that's been another episode of Drew Drogi's Minor Revelations. Have a week. <laughs> <laughs>